good, good morning. It is seven minutes after the hour. It's uh, Think Tank Froster Buns Normal Day Friday on Thursday. You, you probably didn't follow all that, but here's what's going on. It is so close to Christmas that many of our guests are already out, um, you know, out of pocket and can't be had. Kevin Jackson is one of them. I know nobody really misses Kevin, so that's not going to be a big deal. <laughs> Send your hate mail to Brian. Um, I, I, um, I'm not even sure we're going to have Jim Babka. Uh, we think so, but we're not 100% sure. Ron Calzone can't make it. Uh, so that sort of makes it a, a Think Tank Thursday a little bit bumpy. But that's all right. We've, we've got Can I send of... non-appearance fees, uh, bills for those? To yeah, okay, absolutely. Good, Why good, would good. you not? I was just asking to make sure that they were gonna not going to use the holiday. Because it's Christmas or something? Yeah. No, 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 oh, no. Okay. Doesn't matter. Christmas, Easter, New Year's morning. <laughs> They're supposed to be here. Um, but we do have uh, Dave Rowland, and uh, we've got uh, the Show Me Institute and a whole bunch of other topics. Plus, because we don't have a Frost Your Buns Friday, we'll let you jump in with topics that are of interest to you. I'm going to kick the program off this morning talking about a former... Texas police officer, uh, he shot and killed one Atiana Jefferson in her home. Uh, the, some neighbor called up, saw that their uh, front door was open, and thought maybe the house was being burgled, so they called the police. So these police officers show up, including um, Aaron Dean, and they start walking around the house. And he sees this 28-year-old black woman point a gun at him through the rear window of her home. And having just fractions of a second, he responded by shooting. Unfortunately for everybody, she was the owner of the home. She had her door open because she was apparently, uh, I guess her nephew was with her, or grandson, a nephew, I guess was with her and had burned some, some food. They had the door open to let the, the smoke out. And the police officer apparently didn't announce himself. He, he didn't yell police when he got to the house. So they found him guilty of manslaughter. They, they first uh, tried to go for murder. They ended up with manslaughter. The jurors deliberated for 13 hours over two days to find him guilty. Uh, so, once again, let me give you the details. He was called to the house with another officer after a neighbor called uh, a non-emergency police line to report the front door of the house open. It was revealed that uh, the police officer, or that uh, rather that this woman and her nephew left the doors open to vent smoke from hamburgers the boy had burned. Body camera footage of the incident showed Dean and uh, the other officer didn't identify themselves as police officers. Dean and Officer Carol Darch testified they thought the house might have been burglarized and quietly moved in to the fenced-off backyard looking for signs of forced entry. Dean then fired a single shot through the window after shouting at uh, this woman, who was inside to show her hands. He claimed he had to shoot because she pointed the barrel of a gun directly at him. 
He later admitted that his actions <clears throat> before and after the shooting were bad police work. Darts testified that uh, Dean, the police officer who, who pulled the trigger, never mentioned seeing a gun before he pulled the trigger and didn't say anything about a gun when they ran inside the house. The nephew was in the room when his aunt was shot. And he gave conflicting ac accounts. Right after the incident, he said that she pointed the gun out the window. That would be at the police officer. So now I want you to put yourself in his position. He is told that the, you know, there, there is suspicious uh, activity. They think maybe the house is being burgled. They see the front door open. A lot of times burglars will do that. Uh, so they can get quick egress. They can leave in a hurry. They'll unlock doors. So it's dark. He's wandering around looking for signs that somebody had forced them, you know, forced entry. He sees someone in the house point a gun at him. Now, this can only be described as fractions of a second. He fires his weapon and kills this innocent woman. What do you think would be a reasonable punishment? He could have just been given, you know, fired from his job and uh, been put on, uh, what do you call it, Brian? Uh, probation. Probation. But he got 11 years for this. Is that fair? Is that a reasonable uh, punishment under the circumstances? 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572. Imagine it's you. You're walking around that house in the dark looking for signs of forced entry. You've been told that possibly there is a burglar that has broken into the house. You look up and there's somebody pointing a gun at you. Would that... You know, would you have pulled the trigger? Now, understand a couple of things. Uh, one of them is that this woman that was killed was black. The police officer was white. I'm not sure if that has much bearing on it, but it might as far as the jury is concerned. Uh, understand that he apparently did not yell police when they got to the house. And... She did nothing wrong. She didn't do anything that I wouldn't have done. If I thought somebody was prowling, might be looking to break into the house, I might get my firearm and start looking. I, I might have been a, a bit more discreet than her, but she probably wasn't so thoroughly trained. So she did nothing wrong, but she is dead. Innocent woman with her nephew playing video games, having fun, hears a noise, grabs her firearm, apparently saw somebody outside, it was the police officer, pointed the gun out there. He, on the other hand, sees the, the gun pointed at him, pulls the trigger, shoots her, kills her. 
What would be, in your mind, appropriate? How would you have responded? Suppose you were that police officer in the dark at night looking around for forced entry. Do you think you'd have responded any differently? 874-9390. Toll-free number is 800-529-5572. You can also go to GaryNolan.com. And uh, you can send me a message, and it will pop up here in studio. Let me, uh, let me uh, Brian, what, uh, what do you think would be appropriate? Five years, I, ten years? I'm kind of thinking that they did the correct thing. I Eleven mean, ori- years? Yeah, I think that uh, originally he was charged with uh, murder. He was facing uh, much more, yeah, uh, many more years. And they probably decided, well, in this instance, he did make a mistake. He didn't announce himself. And he did kill someone, but it's, uh, I don't know. And does he have a chance of parole, or is it uh, a mandatory? Well, he can appeal, uh, but I think, uh, I mean, imagine that happens to one of your loved ones. Yeah. Yeah, you would want punishment of some sort. So I kind of think that this is probably eleven years in this case. 11 years, 10 months, and 12 days. Fair? Not fair? Would you have done the same thing? I'd be curious to hear what uh, what anybody in law enforcement might have to say. We're up against the clock, but before we go, let's head down to Springfield and get Tony in. Tony, good morning. How are you? Well, what happened if it was the other way around and she shot him? Well, they they might say, they might argue that he didn't announce himself. She had no way of knowing. Does a policeman have to announce herself every time? I'm not sure that's right. Well, that was the that was the procedure that he should have followed and didn't. I may be wrong. All right. So, what do you think? Is 11 years a reasonable sentence? Way too long. Wait, no, no, way too long. Way too long. Uh, how long would you have given him? A little probation and party. Yeah, uh, Brian says, uh, what if it was your wife that was shot? <laughs> I'd have patted him on the back. Oh, my God, you're you're headed for divorce court. I'm going to let you off <laughs> before <laughs> anybody I've recognizes been, your voice. <laughs> All right, Tony. I've been there. I don't care. <laughs> All right, Tony, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I was not oh. expecting that. No, no, but neither one of us was expecting that. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, is 11 years a fair sentence under the circumstances? 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. <laughs> Patted him on the back. Oh, Lord. Or go to GaryNolan.com on the Zimmer Radio Network. Good morning. It's 922, and if you just turned the radio on, we're talking about a police officer uh, down in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, he, uh, his name was Aaron Dean. He and another police officer were told that uh, there might be a burglary going on at a house. Uh, they found the front door wide open. Uh, they started walking around the house looking for signs of forced entry. And uh, the owner of the house heard noise outside her window, got her gun. And uh, apparently uh, the police officer uh, saw her and she pointed her gun at him. So he shot and killed her. She didn't really do anything wrong at all, uh, but she is dead. Uh, He did not announce his 
presence. He didn't announce police. So he, he, he didn't follow the rules, but he did kill an innocent woman. If you're in his shoes and somebody's pointing a gun at you, and you think maybe there's a burglar in the house, I think you're going to do what he did. If you're in her shoes and you hear somebody in your backyard uh, walking around your house, you, you might do what she did. I think I would have been more careful, but that's not illegal. So he was found guilty of manslaughter. They tried murder that failed. Uh, they ended up with manslaughter, and he got about 11 years in prison. Is that a fair punishment? And if you were the police officer, what would you have done under the circumstances? We'll head down to Springfield and uh, get Shane on the line. Shane, good morning. How are you? Hello, Gary. Good morning, sir, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to I, uh, you. Thank you. You know, I, I find it an impossible situation all the way around. My first question is, and I'm full of questions on this, who notified the police that there was a possible burglar in the area in the first place? Uh, it a neighbor. Sound like a homeowner. Oh, okay, so, so so a neighbor calls the police, calls 911, whatever, uh, suspicious activity at this house. The police show up. They don't know what's... They're assessing the situation in real time as they're going. 911 may have been able to reach out to the homeowner and say, hey, we have a report. Uh, somebody called 911. A police are on the way to your house. I just think it was a fail all the way around. I think 911 can do a better job of uh, maybe communicating that to the homeowner that this is what's happening or what's going on. Um, yeah, I mean, it as was a police a officer... I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I should point out it was not a 911 call. It was the non-emergency number that, that uh, the neighbor called. Okay, fair enough, uh, and, and understandable, and, you know, I'm retired military, I re I'm not an MP, but I retired from an MP unit, uh, MP unit as communications, so in real time, things are just happening so fast, you know, and if you, just to play devil's advocate, so uh, when Ashley Babbitt was shot, did that police officer announce police before he shot her? I mean, you can look at it both ways, so I think 11 years is harsh, uh, I don't know what the proper punishment would be in that situation. It's an unfortunate accident, but um, man, I just think 11 years is, is, is just not fair. Who, who is going to want to be a police officer if this is the way that it's going to go? And then Imagine. finally, I, have a, Chris, I okay. have a Christmas question for you, if I may, real quick. All right. All right. I've been listening to you for years, and your voice to me is nothing but butter. It's the only way I know to describe it. So when you were growing up, just real quick, was there anybody that you idolized, that you listened to, that you said, I want to be that guy when I grow up? Uh, I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be a crooner, and uh, <laughs> Dean Martin was the guy that I uh, I was. I just thought the guy had a great set of pipes. Uh, when it comes to the radio industry, I had uh, a couple of different motivations. One of them was a guy named Phil Donahue. I don't know if you remember him or, or not. Oh yes, Donahue went to St. Ed's, uh, a Catholic school, Catholic high school in uh, the Cleveland area, in Lakewood, the suburb of Cleveland. I went to Cathedral Latin Revival. Uh, they were rivals. And I remember watching him on TV and thinking, there's got to be a voice. There's got to be somebody from the other side. And he is the one who actually motivated me to, to do what I do. Oh, that is outstanding because I liken you a lot to Mitch Album, for instance, you know, but I think you're even better than Mitch Album, and that's saying a lot. Wow. That is uh, that is some high cotton I'm in. <laughs> Shane, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Merry, Christmas, Merry Christmas to you. Sir. All righty. All righty. Bye-bye. Uh,
Barb is on the line. Barb, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Well, it's a little nippy outside, but other than that, um, the neighbor called in this report, and it's been a long time since I read this, but I believe the neighbor said the residents weren't home. So that would lead the police to think that anybody inside was definitely a, a burglar or had ill intentions. Well... Um, I, I don't know if he was of that impression or not, but he, he should have announced himself. I, I think, if, I think the article, the article that I read that that was the reason the neighbor called in because the house was dark and they saw somebody inside. They didn't think the residents were home. And so they called the police thinking there was a burglary. So. What do you think is a fair punishment under those circumstances? She didn't do um, anything I think wrong. It's very unfortunate, but I think eleven years is ridiculous because she, the neighbor, set that police officer up. I mean, with what she said, there was definitely a burglary going on inside. So when he saw a gun pointed at him, he absolutely thought. There was a burglary going on. What might have happened differently if he had followed the rules and yelled police um, when he got to the house and they, they started walking <laughs> around? She it's might have thought to herself, oh, that's, the, that's law enforcement. I don't have to carry a gun. He could it's, have... It's, uh, is it a rule that yes. they have to yell police? Yes, they're supposed to announce themselves. So... Um, it looks to me like the neighbor's just as guilty as the police officer. Well, the neighbor was being a concerned neighbor. So, and this has happened to me. I remember a neighbor across the way from where I was uh, living uh, called us up and said, uh, hey, you, you left your garage door open. And uh, in this case, it may, you know, maybe the neighbor didn't have that phone number. Uh, but did the polite thing and let law enforcement know that maybe there's a problem. Yes, but she didn't know that the resident wasn't home. Right, but she was doing. I think. I think she was doing a good thing. I, th I really think she was doing a good thing. She was concerned that there might be a burglary. Uh, the door is wide open. Uh, normally, that wouldn't be the case. Just come and investigate. I, I don't think she's guilty of anything. So the police police officer should have yelled "police" and knocked on the door. And possibly gotten shot through the door. Well, I don't think they would have gotten shot through the door. The door was open. Or, so, or so the window. I mean, so, she already had a gun there. She was willing to shoot whoever was outside. Yeah. Neither, neither one of them announced anything. Well, she shouldn't have to announce anything. She She's home. She didn't, she, say, she didn't say anything to indicate she was the homeowner. He didn't well, say she shouldn't, anything. She shouldn't have to. I mean, she is the homeowner inside her own home. Here's a noise outside. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, well, all right. Barb, I got to run. I appreciate the call. Merry Christmas to you or happy Hanukkah, whichever fits. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. <laughs> Did we call Jim? Do we try um, him at home? I completely for Jim who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jim he's who? At,
a little too much eggnog. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's Think Tank Thursday. Oh, Lord. 874-9390, toll-free number 800-529-5572. Uh, if you just turned the radio on, we're talking about this Fort Worth police officer. A neighbor calls up, says they think there's a burglar going on uh, across the street. Uh, the, uh, the front door is wide open. Uh, the police officers uh, start investigating. They don't announce themselves. The owner of the house uh, hears a noise outside, gets her gun, uh, and apparently the two of them, uh, you know, flashed in front of the window at the same time. She's got her gun pointed at him. He shoots and kills her. The, the uh, punishment was 11 years. And the question is, is that an appropriate punishment? And, you know, some some people are saying, because he could have gotten just uh, probation. But I'm thinking, you know, if this is my wife and she's at home, hears a noise, gets her gun and ends up being killed by the police over that. I'm going to want more than probation. I'm going to want, uh, I'm going to be like screaming if, if he walks away with that. Um. 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. To the phones here in just a minute. Uh, but first, uh, James, it's absolutely a tragedy. Shouldn't have gone down this way. The key to me is the officer's failure to announce himself. Other than that, anyone would have done what either the homeowner or the officer did. If I were the judge, I'd call it negligent homicide and sentence the defendant to three to five years. Someone did die and some jail time is warranted. Uh, Kyle, uh, the jury got it right 100% on the cops. Police are undertrained, undereducated in this country. They lie and violate people's rights every day. Nobody's accusing this guy of lying. Jim Babka is with us, uh, Grace Arkey uh, on YouTube, and uh, just uh, being thrown into the middle of the conversation. Jim, welcome. How are you? <laughs> I'm a little nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know much about this story. Well, did did you not pay attention when oh, I did the that, recap? That's a good thing. No, Brian Brian called me in the middle of it. Oh. Yeah. Well, you see, that's not a valid excuse because we charge if you're not listening to every minute of the program. So your your bill will be coming to you in the mail soon. <laughs> what, what have you been eating, Brian? <laughs> eating? No, we're not allowed to eat in the studio. Uh, yeah, I see you chumping and munching. No, there's nothing in here. Uh -uh. Uh, nothing in there. Uh -uh. <laughs> there was a little while ago. But yeah, not. but you ate it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. Let's get Beverly on. Beverly, good morning. Um, Beverly, good morning. How are you? Yes, I'm doing great. Uh, I wanted two things. First, I'm not educated enough to really have a valid opinion on that. But like you, I would want jail time. Whether 11 years is too much. Uh, that would I'd like to know more from the police uh, police point of view and court. Uh, they have you know they have guidelines for those things, but definitely jail time. But I'm, I'm more concerned about the woman who said the police uh, the neighbor set up the police. I found that amazing that anybody would think like that because if you set up a shot in basketball, you clearly plan it out with a specific goal in mind, and to say that the neighbor who was trying to help her, her neighbor uh, set up the police. I just think that's that's real typical of America today. I think the attitude of, well, the police, somebody's to blame and I'm going to be angry about it. Um, 
So I, I was yeah, just I don't, dumbfounded at that response. Yeah, I, I think she was being a good Samaritan. Yeah, well, that was my feeling. And not only that, but it is a tragedy all the way around. Uh, I think it will help reinforce to police officers, you've got to follow the procedure. Yep. I also think there's some truth in, well, we're, how, how much training had this man had? You know, but all that goes back to the current situation today where the police, you want to defund the police and then you get mad because you get inexperienced officers. And I don't know that he was inexperienced, but... He was. He was a recent recruit. Oh, man. Okay. Well, again, people, I mean, this is not a TV show. These are flesh and blood people. And you've got somebody pointing a gun at you. I don't know what anybody else's reaction would be, but I think most of us would pull the trigger to eliminate the threat. Yep. And that could have gone either way. Fractions of a second, but I think... Fractions of a second, but I think the the uh, police officer screwed the pooch when he didn't announce. Beverly, yeah, I got to run. Thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Um, <clears throat> uh, Jim, uh, we're, you and I are going to talk a little bit about uh, the money that uh, the Republicans and the Democrats are trying to spend. We had a great uh, monologue yesterday uh, and talked about the real scope of the spending because uh, you know everybody is pointing out. Uh, the, this these little porky projects, um, and they're irritating. They really are irritating. But the real spending, of course, is the social programs in the military, and nobody is willing to touch those. Uh, and I pointed out that uh, the studies indicate we got like a hundred trillion dollars uh, when you include the unfunded, uh, you know, promised uh, monies to people. But at the same time, uh, when you look at some of the things that they're spending money on, it's it's crazy making. It you know maybe it's not the big uh, you know big drain on the resources. It is still a drain, and it is still wrong, and it's frustrating. Um, American it taxpayers make, it paying to prop better off either. Huh? It doesn't make us any better off either. No, it does not. Um, what's you know? Uh, what is the solution? I asked listeners this yesterday, and I'll get your feedback on this in a minute. But I want to grab a couple more phone calls on the original topic, and if you want to sound off on it, you can. Uh, but let me get uh, Matt uh, on the line first. Matt, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Thank you, sir. I had a couple of thoughts on that uh, on that story of the police officer. Yeah, first of all, yes, I'll acknowledge he did not identify when he went to the home, and, and I'm sure that that is a problem. It's a violation of policy, violation of safety protocol. Um, but where was muzzle control? You know, I, I get from the woman's standpoint, yes, defend your home, but when do you? You know, someone's in your backyard. You lead with the firearm. I definitely think that there could have been a little bit more discretion on that point. Mm -hmm. You know, don't fire, don't point until you can see your target, at which point, of course, it would be obvious this is a police officer. Um, you know, going from that, I believe that he was correct. When you have a firearm pointed at you, I mean, these are people that have to go home to a family at the end of the day. 
I think the punishment there should have been no more than what it would be for a violation of protocol, not calling out when he got there. Well, in her defense, you have to, you have to figure the, the house is occupied. She's inside. There are lights on inside. So if you're looking outside at night, you don't have that clear vision. You don't know that it's a police officer. You heard a noise. You got your gun. You see somebody standing outside your window. Uh, you know, it, now personally, I would not have done it that way. Uh, I would have had my lights out so they couldn't see me. I would have called 911 and waited for someone to come through the door unannounced. Uh, I would not have done it the way. But she's, she wasn't trained. So I, I, she really didn't do anything illegal, but she's dead. And that is tragic. And to your point, I mean, I do agree. I mean, not everyone has that training. But, I mean, it's a perfect storm. And I think, you know, when you're dealing with people, uh, people are messy. And it, it, it's unfortunate, but, you know, that's how it happened. And the police have to go home at the end of the day. So if this was, if you came home and found that your wife was dead because this happened at your house, you would say, well... Give him probation or whatever and let it go. Unfortunately, feelings have no bearing on facts. Uh, that's true. And I hate to say that because I'm sure I would feel differently in that moment, but the facts are the facts. And, and in your mind, the fact is, who was wrong? In my mind, the fact is it was a crappy situation and both were right, but... The situation got out of hand. If his, if the, the rule for him was that he had to announce himself, and he didn't, they can't both be right. And the rule for her is that she should not point a firearm at a target. That's not a law. That, that is certainly not a law. There's no rule that she has to follow. She's a homeowner in her home. All right. I, I'm not sure if 11 years is appropriate, but I, I, I also think that uh, he, he should have been punished. Um, and that it was the police who made the mistake, not her. All right, Matt, thanks for the call, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, did you want to chime in, Jim? Do you have enough facts now to... No. Guy, <laughs> woman across the street calls the police. The non-emergency number says, I think there's a burglary going on across the street. The door is open. Uh, it's dark out. Police respond, start to investigate. Uh, they see the door is open. Uh, the police officer walks around the back of the house to see if there's any signs of forced entry. Uh, he passes the window apparently at the same time she does. She sees somebody outside her window in her backyard. She, she's she got her gun with her. She lifts it up. He doesn't know who she is, and he shoots her and kills her. He was supposed to announce himself, but he didn't. To the best of my knowledge, uh, how, that's how the does, mistake. How, how do you know she raised her gun? Who, who reported that? Well... Not only did he say it, but uh, her, her nephew said that was the case. Now, he changed okay. the story later on, but initially that's what the nephew said. Right. Okay. All right. So that, that's probably valid. Okay. Um, I, I agree with everything uh, you said. Um, and I would add that uh, you're not supposed to be shooting at targets that you've not solidly identified in either case as being a threat. Uh, ironically here, I think the police officer is closer to justified than she is. 
But the, the purpose of self-defense is literally self-defense. Somebody walking around your yard um, is not necessarily a target that should be shot. Uh, it's it's uh, So, you know, raising the gun, you, well, the only reason you point the gun at something is you intend to use it. And, and so, I mean, that's the training. That's the rule. That's how self-defense works. All right. So, well, this is how a commercial... This is how a commercial break works, and I don't have any choice. Brian is mumbling in my ear. We have to take it. We'll come back. Jim Babka with his president. Da- well, I'm yeah, downsized DC, yeah, but Grace Arkey is the real. That's where the money is. He pays me every time I say Grace Arkey on YouTube. So I keep saying Grace Arkey on YouTube. It's the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. All right. Uh, welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is uh, sort of Think Tank Thursday, but sort of not. And Jim Babka is with us, Grace Arkey on YouTube. What was your last uh, Grace Arkey about? Uh, the Brittany Griner case. Uh, I wanted to say some things that nobody else has said, and uh, the show has been judged to be 83% new materials, the stuff that nobody has said anywhere else about that story. Well, let me be the judge of that. What did you say? Well, you'll have to tune in and listen. But we actually brought uh, brought up some things about Paul Whelan that you know weren't normally being discussed, and what people's motives were for bringing him into the uh, equation. Uh, and so we kind of talked about that, and we talked about uh, the hypocrisy of Biden and the Vice President of the United States, Kamal Harris, uh, for their role in the U.S. drug war and and their atten- their subsequent attendance at her arrival at the airport. And some other very interesting matters. So I encourage people to check out Grace Arkey. It's on most of the major podcasting platforms and YouTube. Yeah. Uh, what would have happened if a Ruski had come into the United States with pot in their luggage? Well, this is part of the problem. I mean, if you go through RTSA, you know, you could get uh, you could get in trouble. Uh, with, I mean, just as an American citizen, let alone a Ruski. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can't pretend, and you know, there was a lot of whining and bleeding about the fact that, uh, that you know they do things in secret courts over there, particularly in Paul Whelan's case. Well, <laughs> we got him here, too. In fact, uh, in our National Defense Authorization Act, which is part of the most pork-laden piece of these large omnibus bills, twice in the last 20 years, we've had uh, uh, military tribunals for American citizens in the bill. So, you know, it's possible for everything to be done in secret. No habeas corpus, no ability to present evidence uh, in public. Uh, a whole host of uh, rights could be taken away. So, you know, we have to, I think you always should focus on the speck in one's, in your own eye before you focus on the beam in another person's eye. Well, I don't know how you could do any better than that. You're just, you're just going to have to watch Grace Harkey. Shall we grab a call? Yes. All right, let's uh, head over to Columbia and get Tina on the line. Tina, welcome. How are you? Tina? Okay, Tina, going once. Tina fell asleep. Going twice. All right, Tina is gone. Uh, by the way, I got a message uh, from Brian, uh, not Brian Hansen, another Brian listener. Uh, if you have the opportunity to hunker down at home tonight, it happened on Fifth Avenue. It was on TCM at 7 o'clock. If you have not seen this, you should watch it. I did see it. I didn't know that I'd seen it until I looked it up. Um, and it is kind of a fun movie. Jim, what is your favorite Christmas movie. Christmas story. A Christmas story. Yeah, because it's largely, uh, a lot of people don't know this. They they talk about Cleveland Avenue, and they say the story's set in Indiana, and the father's a Bears fan. But uh, the uh, the initial scene, the opening scene, uh, that's that's the Higby show uh, uh, storefront. 
uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, on Public Square. And uh, my, my father and my uncles all talked very charmingly about it. And uh, part of my connection to that movie was how much they thought it resembled their childhood and how much fun it was to watch it with them. It is a neat movie. It is Cleveland. Uh, and that house is uh, available for tour. Yes. Uh, somebody also for has... sale. It's also for sale. Yeah. The owners are, 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 have put it on the market. Um, so, but it, it's, a fun, it's a fun place to visit if you come to Cleveland. And it's uh, that neighborhood that it's in uh, was for a time pretty run down uh, and, and slum-like. But now there is a renaissance going on there. And uh, they're rebuilding those houses and selling them for a small fortune. Yeah, in part because of the the, the, the tourist attraction there, and, and 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 the cachet that comes with that. Little known fact about the movie: when they shot the movie, uh, they were expecting snow, but snow didn't never came. In fact, it was unseasonably warm that year, and they had to manufacture all the snow where the boys were running up and down the street uh, for that uh, for those scenes. You know, with the big snowsuits and everything. That was all <laughs> that was all based on manufactured powder. Yeah. Well, global warming. Uh, All the way back in the early 80s, correct. Yeah. 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 Uh, It's been a problem seemingly forever. Uh, Even thousands of years ago, it was a problem. Uh, But that's because uh, the dinosaurs were driving around in oversized SUVs. Yes. Just saying. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Well, listen, uh, we are about out of time. It's kind of a a different uh, show. This is our final show for the... uh, uh, before the Christmas break, and a lot of guests couldn't make it, and I was not. Yeah, you know, it gets harder to do this, uh, you know, right around Christmas time. You wanna, you wanna talk about Christmas the, all the time. The news, the news slows down a bit. It, it honestly does most of the time. The news slows down. Uh, is is uh, did your wife bake cookies? Uh, not yet. Um, uh, we, she's gonna, we are going to have a few people over on Christmas Day. Our big celebration is on Christmas Eve, and, we'll, and we go elsewhere to do that. But, uh, so she hasn't really started those preparations yet. Some okay. of the ingredients are here, but she hasn't started. Just checking to see what you're going to send me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I hope people go to downsizedc.org and sign up to be part of the 300 on the Read the Bills Act. Because I think that's where we were going in our discussion before. This bill was not right either. Nope. Rand Paul, thank God, pointed that out. DownsizedDC.org, read the bills. Absolutely. Jim Babka, thanks for being with us. Show Me Institute next. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.